Welcome to the Q4 Impact Podcast, where through scripture, story, and conversation, we inspire you to make an impact all the way through the fourth quarter of your life. Mm, What a great time of the year. And uh, today, we're going to suggest an addition to your Christmas tradition. And uh, that's the addition of utilizing the wonder of Christmas to help you make sure that you're guarding these days that we're about to approach. Uh, It's why we wrote the book together is because we want to to see God and and this story of, of the miraculous birth of the Savior heralded in in light of the many distractions and the many forms of excitement that come with this time of the year, uh, it's been my observation that sometimes Jesus gets almost narrowly placed in a very slight corner. And I don't, I just don't think that's right. I think we need to honor and glorify the saviorists. It's the, what an opportunity. It's the most, the world is probably more open to hearing the story of Jesus in these next few weeks than the rest of the year. So here's a tool to assist you, not only in your own personal uh, devotion to reading the story and reading the word and benefiting from it, but to use it as a tool to give to your friends and to your neighbors to encourage them to get introduced to the one who could transform their lives. Absolutely. And I'm excited today to take these next few minutes and just talk about, I think today we're targeting the first five chapters of this book. And I want to start by saying that as I was writing this, It had a personal impact on me because I learned so much more, as you will in this book, about details related to the people, the times, the locations surrounding the birth of Jesus. And what that did is give me fresh wonder and thus the title, The Wonder of Christmas. Uh, It is an easy read. It's beautifully illustrated, and what I believe it does, uh, because it's now a part of my Christmas tradition, is it gives me a greater personal connection to the story, and as you just said, Ron, helps me delight more in Jesus through the holidays. So, Ron, why don't we begin with chapter one and and share a little bit about what people could find there? (laughs) Okay, we're going to... We're going to start with the the first kind of scene one, and uh, it doesn't start uh, in the in the in the in the manger scene. It doesn't start with the birth of Jesus. It starts with this elderly couple, Zacharias and Elizabeth, and another account of a miracle birth. There's a couple of miracle births over the course of Scripture, and we think of Abraham. And Sarah, where there was a miracle birth, where Sarah uh, gave birth to Isaac. Well, here's another example of a couple that were uh, described as being beyond uh, the years where it would be normal for them to have children. And uh, and an angel, the angel Gabriel, who 
becomes a very busy angel in these next uh, series of events and appears uh, to them and makes this announcement to them after years of silence. And I think as we studied this, the story, Susan, I, uh, we talked about the hundreds of years where like not nothing was going on. There was no, God's voice was somewhat silent. The, the prophets were silent. And so, you know, you just think of, wow, 400 years of limited communication. And then all of a sudden, the story begins and the angel Gabriel uh, appears. And uh, it's the beginning of the most impacting event in the history of the world. I mean, consider it like this is going to be the solution to the problems that all of mankind uh, are going to face. And uh, I, I, I could spend 20 minutes and talk about what takes place between uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth, but that's why you should read the book and, uh, of course, read the story. But that's where it begins. And I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, I love where it begins because it's sort of like um, that building anticipation. And if you have children in your home, you see that growing with each passing day before you know Christmas morning or whenever you prepare to open gifts. And I love that with Zacharias and Elizabeth, God was in sense, in a sense, just like that. This was the prelude to the big event, and uh, it just gets very exciting. And I love that you know this was the beginning of God's rescue plan, and He chose to use regular individuals, and that is comforting because it's a reminder that today He still uses us regular folk and wants to advance his plan in and through us. There's a, a quote by John Piper that I love, and it says, God is always doing 10,000 things in your life, and you're maybe aware of three of them. And so I think Zacharias and Elizabeth, you know, they had heard, you know, uh, Gabriel appeared to Zacharias. They knew that something was going, and, and they saw miracles happening, but could they have even begun to grasp all that was about to unfold in these coming months? So that's chapter one. Ron, take us to chapter two. Well, I think it starts to, again, the story unfolds. And, you know, I, I just have to say, Susan, I think we miss the, so many of the details especially if I might say the typical Christmas experience is, you know, maybe you go to a church service and maybe there's a kids program and it's, it's not thorough. And so, or it's rushed through and, and 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you go from start to finish or 20 minutes, whatever the time is. And you just miss all of the details of, the naming of of um, of John, that that Zacharias, the custom was that he should name his son after himself. His name would be Zacharias, and he, and there he goes months with not being able to speak, and and so anyway, and so then you sh then you move to Mary, and the the same Gabriel 
uh, appears to this teenage girl. We don't know how young she was. There are some folks that think that she could have been as young as 13, 14, and others say, no, 16, 17, but she was young and uh, she was innocent and she was simple and she came from a small, she was a small town girl. They estimate the population of the town she was in was maybe four or 500 people. And here God depicts this young, innocent, she seems like really sweet to me and kind and genuine and humble and and innocent and brave to be able to to first of all just not pass out at the the appearance of an angel and then the conversation and and her reaction and Gabriel pronounces to her this call on her life like you know she couldn't have been seen this coming you know it's not like the prom is coming and you know someone's going to ask you out on a date now this is completely out of the blue and and yet she remains just just calmly engages in this conversation and and god puts this call on her life and boy the more you think about mary uh you just think about the model of godliness that she was and and then you kind of see why God chose her to be the mother of our Savior. Yes, absolutely. I'm going to take us into chapter three, which picks up after Mary has said, you know, let it be to me according to your word. And I don't know about you, Ron, but sometimes in our Christian walk, we can easily say yes to the Lord And then kind of the reality of perhaps what we've said yes to sinks in. And that's where all of the natural human emotions can arise. And that's what stands out to me about Mary is realizing, oh, my goodness, I am single. I am unwed. I've never been with a man. I'm going to be pregnant. People are going to think the worst of me. And so what does she do? She goes to Elizabeth. For I think it personally, it doesn't say this in the scripture, but I think she knew that in Elizabeth, she would be received with empathy and with comfort because Elizabeth, having been barren for so long in a society that looked down and considered you not walking with the Lord, if you did not have the evidence of children, would have known what it was like to have been rejected and could definitely come alongside Mary, which we know happens. And just again, the the correlation to us, we are made to be in fellowship with one another. And I love 2 Corinthians 1, 4, that, that really speaks to this. It says, he comforts us in all of our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the same comfort we ourselves receive from God. And I believe that that is what Elizabeth was and and was able to give to Mary. And really, only a sovereign God could accomplish his overarching plans while simultaneously tending to our individual needs and desires. I think another standout for me is that 
and and I don't want to spoil the story. If you don't know it, you have to read it, is that Mary and Elizabeth worship. And that's just a reminder. When I recognize and see just the fingerprints of God, the miracles that he still works day in and day out, is my first response to worship. And that's what I want to leave with people listening today. That is what Christmas is about. It is a miracle what happened those 2,000 years ago. But that miracle still goes on if we are his children and his life is in us. So we are called to worship. Ron, let's move on. We're getting into chapter Mm -hmm. four, I think. Yeah, that's when the the birth of of John actually takes place and Again, this rescue plan of God is is unfolding. And thinking about John, you know, it's it's John was very close to the same age that Jesus was, and so uh, oftentimes we're, we're told how uh, Jesus didn't start his ministry for a very long time. And the same can be said about John. And as we see. As the story progresses, you know, you don't learn a lot about John's personality other than he was kind of unique. And uh, and so uh, main character in such a fascinating uh, storyline and full of m- miracle and and different different kinds of expressions of of the nature of. You, you look at Mary and then you look at John the Baptist, kind of like opposite ends of this of the spectrum. And and his role of heralding the coming Messiah. And that was the job that God gave him. And uh so we cover that in the book. And it you know, it makes me think, Susan, that you know, John had a specific role and Elizabeth had a specific role, and Zacharias had a specific role. And we have specific roles as we live in our lifetime. We have a role in people's lives. And uh, it's important to want to say, I want to make sure I'm, I'm following God as he's leading my life to want to be faithful to make sure uh, I'm doing what he's wanting me to do at each point in my life. So... Uh, let's, let's, let's keep moving. We'll do it. And I like that. And and I want to just point out, even as you and I are talking about the story, uh, which there's, there's so much in it. And obviously we've written it in our own words, but the book does draw these correlations to help us apply it to our own lives today, because it isn't just a story of tradition. It is a story that is meant to affect how we live. And so I love that you you are bringing that out as well. So the last chapter we will review today is the halfway point in chapter five. And that is where we talk about the earthly father to Jesus that God chose. And that is Joseph. We are not told a lot about Joseph. And I think that that alone speaks volumes Because without all the details about his personal life, what really stands out is that God chose to use an ordinary man who was willing to obey by faith and through much difficulty and with no fame. He doesn't get recognized that much. 
But the reality is that is what we are all called to do. And, you know, those of us listening, like I don't consider myself extraordinary. I'm ordinary, but I am so called to walk in obedience with faith through whatever life circumstances bring. And so, Ron, um, what do you want to take us from here? Well, I was hoping you wouldn't leave me out in uh, being able to talk about Joseph. Like, uh, I, I'm thinking, you know, if, if there was a, a men's ministry right now in your church, you'd probably want Joseph to be in charge of men's ministry. Because to me, what, a, what an example of a man of God. What a series of challenges that he had to face as this incredible plan of of God unfolds and and he's being asked to believe that the woman that he's engaged to is now he's is now pregnant now this isn't anything that's ever happened in the history of the world that God is in, impregnating a, a young girl, uh, and so here's Joseph being asked to to believe and to not, you know, throw Mary out and and believe the accusations that perhaps the rumors that were going around the town. And what an example of humility uh, he he was. And and yes, it says that that. Uh, God appeared to him in a dream and 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 verified that Mary indeed uh, was pregnant with the Savior. But still, even still, I I imagine, you know, he, maybe he doubted. You know, was that really dream? Was I just imagining it? Or was it? He had to have just a series of temptations. To, to not want to go through with what he went through with. But at some point, I'm sure, just finally surrendered to God's plan. And here he, be, he becomes the, the father, the savior, the, the husband of the mother of God. I mean, this faithfulness and humility and courage and kindness to lead his family and to 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 stand up for the truth and to embrace the call of God that was given to him and that's the message i get is is lord i want to embrace the call of God that's on my life the the specific thing lord that you're giving me to do and it's it's of course what i want men as they hear this to want to do in their own lives. Absolutely. It is a call to all of us. And just to add on to what you said, I think that um, when we first began writing this book or even having the idea uh, around it, that was one of your goals was to see men, husbands, dads rise up and to be that type of leader. And that's another reason for this book. It is a tool that helps you bring the story of Christmas, the true reason that we celebrate into homes all around, all around the country.
So as we wrap up for today, I hope that you've enjoyed listening to this briefer than usual podcast. We're being polite this way because we know it's a very busy time of year. And we hope that what you've heard has given you something to hold on to that could maybe inspire you to start a new tradition. There is still time to purchase our book. Um, it will be, there'll be a link in the, the show notes or to access our website where you can do so. Um, but more than anything, we ask that you be reawakened to the true wonder of the story of Jesus. Join us next week where we will do another abbreviated podcast discussing more of the wonders that come with Jesus' birth as we review the second half of our book. Thanks for listening. Are you looking for a way to share the gospel through the gifts you give this Christmas? Q4 Impact is thrilled to announce the availability of the second edition of The Wonder of Christmas. Redesigned with a new cover and a guide on how to use the book to observe Advent, the beautifully illustrated pages will bring joy to both young and old as it reawakens hearts to the miraculous wonder of Jesus' birth. Please visit our website using the link provided to acquire your copies today. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Q4 Impact Podcast. To continue receiving encouragement and practical tips on how to live with purpose and meaning through the many changes and challenges of life, please be sure to subscribe and please share it with others you think may also benefit.